Hello everyone and welcome back to Fast Charge. This week I am joined by Chris and Hannah. Hello. Hello. Who should both be familiar faces by now uh, if you've been tuning in before. We are going to run through the launch of the Poco F2 Pro, which was this week's big sort of new phone announcement. After that, we're going to take a look at the leak of the LG Wing, which, if it's real, is a pretty amazing new concept phone that LG is working on. And finally, we are going to pour one out for the sad, imminent demise of Google Play Music, which has uh, finally had its sort of last definite confirmation that it really is on the way out soon. Okay, so first up, the Poco F2 Pro, which is the latest phone from Poco Phone, which is a Xiaomi subsidiary. Is that right, Chris? Yeah. Um, uh, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, this is a phone that we kind of thought was coming for a while, and then they announced the X2, and we all thought maybe the F2 was not going to happen. But now there is an F2, but it's an F2 Pro, yeah, and not a regular F2. Why can't a phone release just be like... <laughs> normal <laughs> yeah and i think um, um and the pro people seem to be sticking that on the end of everything now it's like oh just give it yeah anything normal. That's, that's the new trendy word to put on any device now plus just meant big and now pro means all you really want it yeah um, <laughs> but yeah a tiny bit of history in a nutshell was is that poco came out with a with a phone in 2018 called the poco phone f1 or in some markets, just the Poco F1. Uh, yeah, under the Xiaomi, like sort of a, a brand, a new brand, but yeah, part of Xiaomi. And uh, it was crazy cheap, had the flagship Snapdragon of that year, which would have been the 845. Uh, really nice specs, had the, a cool Kevlar uh, rear cover and, and, and bits and bobs. I, I can't I know mine's upstairs in a drawer somewhere I couldn't find it this morning um but go look at pictures or read our reviews very good phone and then sort of didn't hear anything from them for a really long time uh and then earlier this year beginning of this year they said yep series two is coming um and then that turned out to be or seemed to be the x2 which was also another nice phone but just basically in uh, an India only launch and now all of a sudden we've got the Poco F2, uh, which, as we said, is just the F2 Pro, not there isn't a normal version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it's the, again, it's the cheapest flagship Snapdragon um, phone you can get this year. Although the, the tiny caveat is that that means outside of China, because um, these phones are essentially rebranded versions of Redmi phone so this is essentially a redmi k30 pro yeah um but basically that's a phone we'll never see here yep um so this is our version of it if you like is and the just redmi the equivalent is the equi redmi the equivalent price as well uh i think is a little bit cheaper in china but it's hard yep. to like you're looking yep. at funny conversions yep. and stuff once you import it, it would probably work out similar yeah um it is worth yeah just to confuse things a bit more uh so redmi is part of Xiaomi. Redmi is basically Xiaomi's budget line. Um, Poco was another Xiaomi budget line, but actually Poco has now been spun out into its own company. So it still has very close ties to Xiaomi, but legally it's sort of a separate business entity now. But obviously very close ties in that it is releasing a phone that is the same as the Redmi. Is it the K30 Pro? Is that what this one is? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, pricing wise, uh, you say it's the cheapest Snapdragon one, so it's at four hundred ninety nine dollars or euros, right? Yeah, same price in dollars and euros, and then the the the, the eight twenty uh, the eight two five six version is another hundred on top. Yes, yeah, so, so you're, you're getting six gig yeah. RAM, one two eight gig storage in the yeah. in the four nine nine one. Yeah, which is still you know I mean that that slightly lower RAM, but six gig RAM is still more than enough to run alongside an eight six five. 128 storage is okay um but honestly you know i don't know what most people are like these days and you'll know if you're different but for me almost everything is stored in the cloud it's just app space that i need the actual hard drive for and 128 is way more than enough for me Um, yeah i I would never use that much yeah Um, it's a great price and it, it kind of then sits in that weird space where it's the obvious comparison but it's where oneplus used to be right yeah putting out a phone that yeah the 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 launch event yesterday, which was uh, another one of these launch events this year, where there's somebody on stage and and there's a there's a screen and everything, but they have had to insert canned applause <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> every, every couple Why? of minutes. But other other than other than that, it was quite good. Um, but yeah, they they're, they're sort of doing what OnePlus used to do, um, and they even used the words flagship killer, which is. I don't know if that's a trademark of OnePlus's, but they definitely <laughs> said they definitely they, said those words during the thing, and they're also calling it a true flagship, right? Yeah, um, which is totally fine com- considering the specs. Um, Spec-wise, it is. Yeah, I mean, you're just missing out on the kind of flagship things like wireless charging um, or uh, IP68, like yeah, there's rating. You know, I mean, it, I was watching it on YouTube and mostly people seem to be enjoying it and then right towards mm. the end everybody went nuts and said they weren't happy about it <laughs> mostly because it seems that um the cameras don't have optical image stabilization the, uh, the screen yeah. is the screen is only 60 hertz refresh rate although it's got 180 hertz sampling rate mm. um and yeah no wireless charging so there's a few there's a few small things missing but you know at that but- at, the, at this price, like it's going to, yeah, um, yeah, you've got to accept some compromises. Like considering that you know some of yeah. its rivals, like are going to be like you know quite a lot more expensive than for what mm-hmm. you're trying to invest in. I guess it depends on what your priorities are from a phone. Like if like like you said, those elements. If wireless charging is a deal breaker, then yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know where these more. commenters are based, so it may be that in their markets. Maybe not so much of a good deal, but in the UK, like it's pretty, pretty darn it's good. Pretty and it's the kind of things that OnePlus were leaving out for yeah. a long. I mean, they've left out wireless charging until now, haven't they? Exactly. And in the same space, like you know, the the camera not having optical stabilization, like at that price, the camera is one of the first things that's going to get compromised. And again, that's where OnePlus were for a long time. OnePlus phones, they were the kind of really, really, really good on everything, but the cameras are fine. Um, and this is probably the 8 and the 8 Pro are the first time I've been able to unequivocally say the cameras are really good for OnePlus. But again, that makes sense. If you're going to pay just 500 for something, like you are not going to get the same camera performance that an iPhone 11 gives you. That is where you're going to lose it. Um, if your priority is a camera and you're pay- playing around in that price, you should be looking at the iPhone SE or the Pixel 3a, basically, um, and, and soon the 4a, because anyone else is going to give you a camera that doesn't quite match it no matter how many lenses they say it has or how high the megapixel count is like the the other stuff around it just won't won't deliver at that price 
I was going to say the ca- the camera is that five thing, isn't it? The really big like one that's similar to the um, um, like on the likes you've seen on like Nokia and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's a big like, round module on the back. Um, yeah. yeah, a bit like some even the Moto G phones. Um, yeah. It's got. Yep. I mean, the the camera specs are pretty decent. It's got a sixty four megapixel. Uh, you know that po- that popular Sony sensor, mm. um, thirteen megapixel wide angle. Um, it's got a depth sensor and then a five megapixel tele macro, which basically means two times closer than a normal macro. Okay. Uh, it's got a yep. 20, 20 megapixel pop up camera, so the screen doesn't have a notch or punch hole, um, and it can record video in eight K. It's nice to see the pop-up. I'd kind of given up on pop-ups. I thought with OnePlus moving away and even Oppo moving away, they were kind of pushing them a lot. Um, I thought the pop-up camera was 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 done for really. Um, so I've not I've not tested on. one with I've not tested a pop-up camera, but I, I I'm quite looking forward to this. I'm I, I like not them. the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan personally. I use them on. I guess it depends on the phone, um, mm. but I've used them on like um, the Honor phones before, and they just seem. They're so slow to like, do you know what I mean? And I, I think there's always the worry. I'm a little bit clumsy and it's the worry that if you dropped it, you would damage that camera really, really easily because of the way that, they, yeah. They are usually good. I mean, most of them have drop detection so that if they mm. realize they're falling, they should retract the camera. And I've, I've not had one have problems with that before. Yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things. It's a bit like the webcams in Huawei laptops that sit, you know, in the keyboard. It's one of those, if you don't use that camera very much, then having it be in a pop-up is really great because it gets it out of the way and it's there when you really need it. But for the most of the time, it, it doesn't take up space on the front of your device. You get that uninterrupted screen. If you take a lot of selfies, it is probably going to get on your nerves waiting for it to pop up every time. It's it's not, it doesn't take long. It's less than a second, but it's a little bit of a delay. And also if you like it for face unlock, it's that little bit more of a delay. Um, but exactly. I, I don't use either of those things. So I don't, same. I, I'm quite happy to have it hidden away until I, yeah use it a couple of times a year for me it's like the one little annoying downgrade in the eight the one plus eight pro this time around was losing the pop-up to go back to the pinhole which is fine but i miss that properly full screen thing you got with the seven pro and seven t pro i like that so i'm i'm glad to see that still here because until the tech is there to do the cameras under the displays properly um that's the closest we can get to really really full screen um, I think there is one caveat we should say with this phone, which is we were talking about pricing earlier. And we were talking about four nine nine euros and four nine nine dollars. Um, Poco are kind of claiming global availability for this phone, but that is because it's on retailers like AliExpress and Gearbest. Uh, so they're giving a USD price, but these phones are not being shipped to you from a US. There, there will be no US retailer that stocks them. Realistically, uh, if you're buying it from Gearbest, they may list a four nine nine USD price point, but that they're just a Chinese retailer and it will ship to you from China or from a, one of their warehouses somewhere else. I um, think they're from Hong Kong. Are they Hong Kong? Right. Yeah. Um, and cheaply, so, they say that the RRP is 539. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Yeah. $40 off, but no, that's not the RRP. Um, so yeah, the, the global availability is a bit of a stretch. I think it will get a proper European and UK launch. Um, they're talking about having it on Amazon, so I'm guessing in Europe and the UK it will actually be on Amazon at least. I'd be surprised if many carriers grabbed it, but, but probably I wonder, actual European retailers, but the US won't. Will that change the price though, do you reckon? Like, will it be like, even though like now it's made big headlines because of what it is in Euro, um, Euros and stuff like that, I wonder whether UK pricing will change. 
Oh, I mean, the you know, Amazon in France or whatever will sell it at 499 euros. What happens in the UK? They haven't announced a UK price, so yeah. I would guess it will be like 549, maybe 599 if we're really unlucky. But yeah, um, it could be a little bit more, but it, it shouldn't be too far off. Yeah, and it, even if it is 50 pounds more, it's still still pretty still cheap. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, that's just the way the exchange rates are. If it was 499 pounds, that would be astonishingly good value given the <laughs> conversion between them uh snapdragon 865s aren't cheap processors so there's a limit to how cheap they can drive those prices down yeah and we have been emailed by xiaomi's uk pr agency to say we'll be <clears throat> we'll be kept in the loop about uh uk price and release date which will be announced soon or later so, so, so yeah that's, so it sounds that's a good like, sign that it is coming yeah exactly um Cool. Okay, great. I think that about covers that. It's it's a phone that's not super exciting in its own right. Like, there's nothing it does that's crazy. It's just really good value, right? Mm. Yeah, basically, it's, it's sort of an all-rounder. It's not, I mean, Poco's always been about, like, they sort of go real about performance and stuff. Mm. But it's like, it, it, it should be able to do a bit of everything really well. Um, you know, it should be yeah. able to handle gaming, but it's not a gaming phone. It should be able to do good photography, but it's not, you know this is all about the photography it just sort of all round and it and it has an ir blaster which is <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> which is one of those things that died a long time ago but they they've decided to plonk one back on I guess so, the, yeah, you can right. control your tv <laughs> i guess the biggest thing they'll face like a lot of other upcoming brands that offer really good phones for really good money is just like making their brand more well known to customers who maybe have never heard of them before and you know being like you know well it is a really Good totally. phone and yeah that's yeah. that's sort of the challenge they face and maybe as they get well known we'll see prices like this go up in the future yeah. so phone nerds know who poco are but you know my mum doesn't yeah. and that's yeah. not going to change anytime soon yeah um, so much comes down to where the car phone warehouse and and the networks are exactly. these phones you know okay so from one phone that's basically you know middle of the road does what it says on the tin solid reliable predictable safe uh we have what could be the weirdest phone of the year if it's real so the lg wing uh it was uh, one of the those rare phone industry leaks that took me 100 percent by surprise um we don't know if this is entirely real or not this may not be not materialized there's one image out there it's clearly a bad like photoshop concept art job so every take everything with a pinch of salt but the LG Wing, if it is real, is a dual screen phone where one screen, the main screen, flips out and sideways and up to form a sort of T shape where the main screen is the horizontal bar of the T and then a little screen is below it. Uh, the one image we've got basically shows, again, definitely a Photoshop concept art job. This is not a photo <laughs> of a device. Um, it basically shows like the, the, the keyboard on the little square screen below and then an image on the top screen suggesting you could be typing while you're watching a video um, or in a group chat or something like that. Um, it's real, real weird. Um, I kind of love it, though. And I love that I really hope LG are genuinely looking at this and this is a real form factor because I love that kind of experimentation. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I've complained on this show before that, like, we're seeing the same thing all the time from a lot of phone manufacturers. So when I saw this, although it is completely bizarre... I'm like, well, great. Like, it's something, you know, good for them, if it is true, for trying something completely new. Whether it mm. will be useful, 
and to how many people is another question. Um, like, you know, I, mean, I guess... Yeah. yeah. LG have always been... LG always used to be really experimental in form factors, and I think they kind of lost it for a few years, and that's when they became their phones became slightly predictable grey slabs towards the end of the G series. Um, and then this dual screen, I think they got their confidence back, maybe, when they did the, the V50 with the dual screen, and they've like trotted that out a few times. And I don't know that sales have been enormous, but certainly the reception from the press has been generally really solid, and like it's cool. It's a cool form factor. It's novel. It is different. Um, and they're playing around with that software and what you can do by giving people two screens to work with in an affordable way that isn't the two grand to buy a foldable. Um, and I love that this is more of that. We do have a few other sort of maybe concrete details. Uh, it is expected to run on a 7 series Snapdragon processor. Um, I'll come back to that in a bit. Um, our 64 megapixel main camera sensor is expected. And supposedly LG is working on putting it together sometime in the second half of 2020. So the 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 leak the leak the rumor is that this will actually be a real phone that comes out sometime in the back half of this year. I mean the the image is super sketchy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I feel like I could make like given enough time, I could make that in paint. I was um, about to say paint, <laughs> <laughs> um, but but sometimes it, you know that's just how it goes initially, and then we especially with, depends how early these things leak like you know sometimes leaks happen a couple of weeks before the launch and it's like well yeah of course that looks identical um and is essentially the the you know the press shots that we get sent mm. but when they're this early you know it's kind of okay for them to be this sketchy yeah i think um, i think the vibe is someone heard something and then yeah. did a mock-up based on what they'd been told you know no one's claiming this is an internal <laughs> lg image i don't think no. No, I but yeah, it does. Like... It, it does seem totally feasible for LG to do this, considering the dual screen, the yeah. you know the V phones, and they do do things a bit nuts sometimes. I think if someone had claimed any other company was working on this, I would have said no, that's nonsense. Like if someone said Xiaomi or OnePlus or Samsung were doing this phone, I would have immediately thought no way. The fact that it's LG makes me go, oh yeah, you know they might. I'm just looking at it now and I'm trying to think like in terms of the mechanics and how it would work and like, you know, because it seems like it's one of those things that it would get released and then, you know, the hinge would not work properly and the two screens would fall apart or, you know, or it'd be really bulky. It's hard to, because you've never seen it before, mm. it's hard to know how it's going to fit together. But I mean, I, I, I mean, the thing to remember is that obviously this form factor is weird and we haven't seen anything like it. But that's partly just because we haven't seen anything like it for about 10 years. Because mm. if you think back to the late years of feature phones, before smartphones properly took off, Nokia and other companies started getting really weird with feature phones that swiveled and twisted and opened up in different ways to the clamshell. Um, so there were phones that did swivelly movements like this and weirder. Um, and even on the show uh, on Fast Charge, a month or two ago, probably a couple of months, we talked about the Planet Computer's Astro Slide, which is the physical keyboard phone where the screen sort of slides up and away from a keyboard to then tilt on an angle. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I bet you can find a Nokia phone from the late 90s or early noughties, or probably, yeah, probably more the early noughties, that has a form factor basically like this, just on a different scale because it was a feature phone. 
So I believe this this can work. It's just what I'm struggling with is the use case because it, the use cases I have all kind of break down the more I think about them. You know, because you kind of think, oh, cool, it's so you can watch video on the big screen and then have the keyboard on the little screen. Yeah. But then I'm like, but hang on, wait, what app am I typing into? Because I then also need to see where my text is going. Like, I can't just see the keyboard and the video, but not see the chat box. Yeah, the, um, I mean, the, the one example that I could think of the most is, like, if you're watching, like, a conference and you're having to take notes whilst it's on, so you kind of want to glance between them. So, like, I feel like it could work as, like, a business phone, maybe? But, well, but then, so that's the same kind of thing. But again, like, you could have the video of the conference on the wide, the yeah. landscape screen and the keyboard on the bottom screen, but then you don't see the box your notes are being typed into unless you have yeah. to split screen the big screen to have half of it be the video and the other half be your notes up and then the keyboard on the bottom bit. Well, yeah, because we don't know exactly how that... <laughs> yeah, because we don't know exactly how... Because that's just showing the bottom screen taking up the whole key... The keyboard taking up the whole screen, but obviously there must be like different ways that you can combine both of these. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, I think you'd struggle around. to get the keyboard much smaller than that and yeah. be functional, depending on that screen size. <laughs> but who knows? Um, yeah, because the other like use it's supposed to be Sorry. four. It's supposed to be four inches. Um, the, that smaller screen and like yeah, it's and, a square, and one by one. It? So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's two elements. There's getting the mechanicals right to actually make it flip round and stuff, which mm. is it, I mean it is a bit harder than those feature phones because it's a screen, not just like a keyboard or something for sure yeah um but not not to say that's not doable in 2020 um and then there's yeah the software side of of like how am i actually going to use this thing yeah i've got to mm. you know if to make it really useful you've got to be able to split screen the top bit which is mm. big supposedly 6.8 inches but then you've got two then you've got apps running in in squares again basically yeah yeah or close I mean, to squares and then the keyboard at the bottom is like really, um, I, don't, I just can't see myself using it it will end up being one of those things where like with the dual screen there will be lg internal app support and no other company will ever bother making their apps compatible with it uh, or, or very very few which is where it is with the lg stuff like i think a couple of korean web browsers have built-in support for like nava um have built-in support for the dual screen stuff but other than that it's basically just lg zone apps so it is good for users who are happy to stay within the app ecosystem of the phone they've bought um you know just down to things like on the dual screen it's got support for looking at a photo on one screen and seeing your photo library on the other screen to pick which photo to then ping to the big screen um which this Mm. could do the same thing or it could put editing tools on the bottom screen while the photos are on the big screen but again, that works in LG's app. But if you use Google Photos, you don't get that support. So it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and that's the that's the limit I always hit up when I did it. was like, these are really cool use cases that don't suit me because I'm already in the Google Photos ecosystem and I don't want to use LG's Photos app. It just makes me think of all the times that a company like LG or something has come up with a cool idea and then said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll put out an AP... Uh, an API is it? API. Yeah. yeah, for like for developers, and then the 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 amount of times I've written over the years, oh, it'd be really cool to see what developers do with this, and it's like, well, no, they don't have time. Yeah, tumbleweed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I was gonna say, I know, I know it's a really like boring and practical point, but like 
I'm looking at it like, how would you even begin to like put like a case and screen protectors and stuff like that on it? Like, obviously they'd have to develop their own in it. That would probably be really, really expensive. Like it has been with some of the other flip cases, which, you know, might be a bit yeah. annoying if you invest in this and then, you know, it easily breaks and you can't protect it without spending like a hundred quid or whatever. That is always the challenge with these form factors. Obviously, as you said, the foldables have hit the same thing. Uh, LG kind of worked around it with the dual screen stuff because the dual screen itself is a protective case. So yeah. it, it kind of solves that problem in and of itself. But um, yeah, I mean, this won't have a third party case market. It'll just be whatever official ones LG can figure out, can engineer to put out um, and nothing else will work on it. But there you go. Um, and the other thing I sh we should just say quickly before we go on, because it, it mentioned it would have a 7 series Snapdragon processor. No idea what. Um, but the other news this week that we should mention in brief is Snapdragon has announced uh, the Snapdragon 768 5G, which is a new 7 series processor. So that's their... Well, 865 is the top end. The 7 series is sort of the next tier down. This is getting a bit confusing because it was December... Uh, that they announced the Snapdragon 765 and the 765G. The difference is not that it's got 5G. The G stands for gaming or graphics or something because the difference is the G version has a faster GPU for better graphical performance. Uh, this is then another little step up. I think I think the GPU is actually the same. They've just improved clock speeds on the CPU and the GPU for the 768. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, this will look and perform mostly similarly to the 765. Um, but, and, and we'll have 5G. And the interesting thing with the 7 series is they have integrated 5G, which the 865 doesn't, which is part of the reason Qualcomm is able to sell them for cheaper. And I think we're going to see, well, I thought we were going to see a move towards more people using 7 series chips. And the funny thing is, Things like the Poco phone kind of make me doubt that because people, if they can get an 865 phone down to $500, then, you know, everyone always said the 865 was too expensive a component and that's what's been keeping Android prices so high. But if, unless they're just selling that Poco phone at a loss, it clearly can be brought down to that price and that starts to undercut the 7 series. But um, that's certainly been LG's argument in the LG Velvet that we've spoken about a couple of times. That runs a 7 it's one of the 765s. I can't remember if it's the G or not. Um, so, yeah, I, we'll start seeing the 768 pop up, maybe in the wing, maybe in other stuff. They're pushing a bit more for gaming phones, but again, that's a weird space because most gaming phones want to use the 865 because it's the top one, and that's the kind of thing gamers get fussy about, having the top spec CPU. It's sort of an odd middle ground sort of mm. area, like you say. And how on earth did they put those model names ending in five with a G on the end oh, and, not, awful. and not think they're going to confuse people. Yeah, absolutely awful. Because it's the 865 5G and the 765 and the 765 G. But the 5G doesn't mean 5G, it's just a 5 and a G that happen to be next to each other. Don't ask oh, any questions. Ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair to Qualcomm, it's basically only people that us that need to worry about uh, chipset model numbers. Yeah, uh, the average consumer never notices, but uh, yeah. it is a bit of a mess. We have to explain it every time. <laughs> uh, anyway, I really do not want to dwell on, on a mid-range processor for too long, so let's leave it there. Finally, this will be a bit of a sad segment for some of us. Um, Google Play Music <laughs> is inching slowly closer to the grave. Uh, this week, Google 
put out a migration tool, basically, so that you can, with a couple of clicks, migrate your existing library on Google Play, along with your uploaded tracks, your recommendations, your playlists, basically everything that makes that account yours can move over to YouTube Music as they try and push people over to that music platform and away from Google Play. Mm -hmm. uh, we've already seen this happening slowly, like Google Play is no longer the default music player for Android 10 YouTube Music is. Um, I was actually personally a Google Play music user for years, ever since it launched. I was on an introductory like early bird offer that kept me at eight pounds a month um, for, I don't know, yeah, years, five, six years, I guess. I'm not sure when it launched. Um, and I had jumped ship a few months ago, I think Black Friday. I got a Spotify offer and moved over because I could see the writing on the wall. Uh, I knew Google was readying its dagger to, <laughs> to uh, put, put, put Play Music to sleep. Um, Chris, you're still on Play Music, is that right? No, not anymore. No, you also jumped, yeah. Yeah, I, I've done the rounds. Like I've, I've sort of jumped around all, well, most of the main ones like over the last few years. Mm. sort of combination of like getting offers on phones I've been reviewing like yeah I think I first started using Google Play because the Pixel phones came with like a six months or year or something right yeah so it would have been one of the early Pixel phones I reviewed and sort of got an offer and I was sort of done with Spotify at that point anyway they mm -hmm. like they changed Spotify so much I was like I don't really like it anymore yeah, use that. Or I might have been on Deezer before that, but and yeah. Um, but and as soon as I used Google one, I don't know if it's just because Google knows everything about me already at that point. <laughs> but it just seemed to work better than any other service. Uh, particularly, just oh, I don't know what to put on. Just they had yep. the little roll the yeah. dice um, potluck sort of. I can't remember what the button was called. Something about lucky. Mm. and it, it would just play music that I thought you liked and it I, I I think I skipped you know maybe a couple of times a month like when using yeah. that uh, it was just I, such a good algorithm I would agree with that I always used to get people Spotify users telling me how good the Spotify daily mix is um, and I'm aware I've only been on Spotify probably a few months so the algorithm doesn't know me yet but man it is just not comparable to how well the Google algorithm handled it and yeah, that may just be because I used it for long enough that it knew my taste inside out. But I think Google is just better at that stuff than Spotify. Um, and its predictions, it was so good every like new release Friday of churning up, oh, here are all the albums you care about that just came out. And I'd be like, oh yeah, no, I like all those bands. They've all put out new music and nothing else has come out that Google didn't catch that I care about. Whereas every week now I hit Friday and Spotify throws up like one new release I care about, three I do not want to listen to, and I'm like, my favourite band put an album out. I listen to this band all the time. They have a new album today. Spotify, how do you not know that I want to listen to that? Um, yeah, I'm having so the exact I, same problem now. I'm back on Spotify, and like, it's it's better than it used to be, but like, I just yeah. this the the way I want to use it, it just doesn't support the way I want to use it. No. Um, and to be fair, you know, I we obviously I could have made jump ship to YouTube Music because basically the way Google's handled this very slow transition is for a long time. If you had a Google Play Music subscription that has given you YouTube Music Premium included, as they've tried to move people over, um, and it just it just never had the features. But they've sort of been slowly building up the music, YouTube features to match Google Play. Um, mm. But I don't know something well, about YouTube Music; it just doesn't grab me. 
Well, the thing is, is that isn't it for a couple of quid more for the subscription of YouTube Music, you can get YouTube Premium, which includes music as well, but then other video features. And it's like, well... I think the I pricing like... includes premium anyway. I don't think there's a music tier that doesn't give you premium. I think they are basically the same thing, but I might be wrong on that. Yeah, I think, I'm sure I saw I'll have to double check it, but... It's I know like... my Google Play subscription gave me YouTube Premium and that was actually one of the harder things to give up because I hadn't really appreciated that I wasn't getting YouTube ads because I just hadn't had them for so long. Yeah. And the moment I let that lapse and suddenly I got ads back on YouTube, I was like, oh, have I made a mistake? <laughs> oh, no. The, um, the free version of YouTube uh, music, um, I just had a quick look before um, for this and um, I will say it's better than spotify's free version just because you actually have the choice because with spotify you have to do the shuffle thing and you can't like skip ahead or anything like that you can you have a bit more freedom on this one if anyone else is a cheapskate like me and just listens to their music for free but <laughs> oh yeah um, i haven't yeah. been able to do a free free tour for years like spotify <laughs> free is un unusable yeah yeah uh, maybe google is better so. but, yeah <laughs> um but yeah, like that, and obviously also you get video playback if you are a, a visual user, but you don't get, um, if you're listening on your phone, you don't get, you have to leave it open. You can't like lock your phone or go on other apps as you can on Spotify. So swings and roundabouts. Oh, uh, I mean, that's also pretty unusable then. Yeah. Um, that's not the way anyone listens to music, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is worth saying with the YouTube stuff, I think there's a, there is a misconception and this is Google's branding problem that youtube music is a video service because youtube is a video service um it does let you watch music videos along with songs but you can also just turn it off and use it as a pure music player but this is part of the whole branding problem they've had that youtube is obviously big for music but they then made the mistake of thinking that meant it would be great as a music player and i think it's just so confusing um that people are told oh you've got youtube but you've also got youtube music and like what does that mean um not helped by them introducing it with basically no features two years ago and then slowly adding features. Why didn't they just leave it and release it when it was fully fledged and ready? Or even just take the existing Play Music app, change the orange to red and slap a YouTube music logo on and say, we've just changed the name. It's the same service. It's the same app. Now it has video support too and it's red. That would have been the best idea. Like, if you're going to do this... Just say, look, guys, we're re we're changing the name. Don't worry, it's all going to be the same. And there's a couple of things you can use if you want. Yeah, here's some new Otherwise, features, just, and it's yeah, red. <laughs> just carry on as normal. Uh, but but uh, yeah, instead they've just done it. I'm generally a big fan of Google services and and devices and products, but this has been a complete mess. Well, it's just the classic Google thing. They they make great stuff, but they. You know, it's like their whole mess of messaging apps. They have different teams working on different products that end up overlapping. So then they have both products out competing with themselves. There's no clear messaging from the company as to which one is for what reason. You know, we've just seen this with Hangouts and Meets. They've had to shutter Hangouts to consolidate it into Meets because they are the same software. Um, they have Allo and Duo and Messages and more besides. They have two music streaming services. You know, it's insane. No other software company out there would be doing this. Um, mm. The closest you get to is like Facebook, but that's only because they just buy other software that matches what stuff they already have. But other than that, it's just wild that the way Google does this. Um, and obviously, they're, they're infamous for just killing products off when people are still happily using them. But 
Yeah, it's a funny one. I I was on. I I'm kind of aware I'm irrational about it because there's no real reason that I shouldn't have just moved from Google to Play to YouTube, but something about the way Google handed it all just annoyed me enough that I said no. I'm I'm out actually. Um, have you tried any of the other music streaming services like Deezer and people like that? No, I made the jump straight to Spotify because I knew. One of the small things that annoy me with Google is while it plays very nicely with Google Home speakers, which is what I have, um, it doesn't necessarily play nicely with other stuff, and that's what I am often reviewing. So it can be irritating sometimes to find myself reviewing something that then doesn't support play music, so I can't play music through it. Um, so for me, a big deal was switching to Spotify because I knew it would work on absolutely everything. Um, no, no music-related device is going to come out and not have Spotify support. So it just made sense for me to pick the one that I knew would work on everything I own. Um, but I know that won't be the same problem for most people. That was basically my thinking because we have we have like three Google, we have three home hub displays um, and other speakers and yeah. and Sonos. And it's like, you know, every time these companies come out with speakers and stuff, Spotify is top of the list for support. Exactly. So. Yeah. Spotify's, the big one for me. So yeah, I was gonna say when I got Spotify, I don't know whether it still has it, but it had a was it a three month free trial, and I think YouTube mm-hmm. Premiums is a lot shorter than that. Like, um, yeah, and Spotify is a month. Spotify does good like pricing bundles and stuff. I think I am just on the regular premium, but I think at some point I might get the one that bundles in Headspace as well because I used to pay for Headspace for meditation, mm-hmm. and the fact I can get two on one subscription at a reduced price and. Things like that, Spotify's good for. Um, yeah, and it has but, podcasts yeah. and stuff like that as well, which I think Google has a separate app for podcasts. Uh, right? but it's free. Yeah, again, it's free, again, though. that's one where Google's been a mess. Podcasts yeah. were part of Play Music, but only in the US um, okay. and not in other countries. And then they introduced Google Podcasts, which is global. Uh, again, it was very confusing. I had American friends yeah. telling me, "Oh, you can listen to podcasts on Google Play." I'm like, "I can't. I promise you, I can't." <laughs> If, yeah, I, I if I was if I was in New York, I could. In London, it will not let me. It makes no sense. I had a try with Google Podcasts, and I really didn't like it. Like I just use like one of the smaller apps for my podcasts because it's just like you know sometimes you just stick with one. But I was like, oh, I'll try because yeah. I'm a Pixel user, and I'll try and do the uh, Google thing. But I actually like Google Podcasts, but I don't listen to podcasts a lot at all, so I don't have strong feelings about podcast apps. And people always recommend new ones, and I've opened them and been like, I don't understand why this one is better than that one. Um, <laughs> but I know enough that people are passionate about it. You know, I'm passionate about RSS apps. Um, you know, uh, the Google Reader dying is one of still one of the dearest, like, Google software deaths to me. Uh, and I was very particular about which RSS feed tool I would move to after that. Um, shout out to Feedly. It's, uh, it's been real good. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, yeah, I think let's call it there because otherwise I, I will I will talk for a long time about like things Google has killed that I miss. Uh, but that should probably do us for this week. Uh, we will be back next week, of course. I'm kind of hoping by then we might know more about the Pixel 4a, but the rumoured release date keeps slipping back and back and back. Every week, I think next week will be Pixel 4a week and uh, every week it's not. So other than that, I don't know what we'll be chatting, but we will see. Uh, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Hannah. Thank you. No worries. And see you all next week. Like and subscribe, all of that stuff, you know. Bye. Bye. (laughs) See ya.